today at Wrestle Kingdom. I hope you are well. I hope you had time to watch the show this morning. I watched most of it all live, uh, so I'm very happy for that because I didn't think I'd get to see it all. But I just managed to sneak it on just as I walked through my gate at work, which is nice to know. It was um, it was it was nicely planned like that, I suppose, really. And really, I was desperately hoping that this day would be better than yesterday's, which was dreadful. <laughs> to say the least, it was a truly on balance, having thought about it. There were some high points, obviously Okada and Takagi and the tag team title matches, but there was an awful lot of drag between those matches. Um, in fact, to be honest with you, the pre-show matches today were actually far better than any some of the matches that were on the main show yesterday. Uh, it opened with Great Bash Heel, Togi Makabe, Tomiyaki Homme, and Yuji Nagata. They defeated Bullet Club, Bad Luck Fadley, Gado and Jeddo in 6 minutes and 40 seconds, which was better than Ishii versus Evil yesterday. Um, yeah, it was fun, actually. Kind of did what it said in the tin. Um, just the old lads having a run out. It was fine. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. Perfectly fun match. Kind of enjoyed it, to be honest with you. I like everyone in this match. It's a lot like Saptomba. But it, it's just good. And um, Homma takes the win. To continue his further storyline of winning occasionally, I suppose. But there you go. What was really intriguing, though, was the second match on the card where Master Wato, Tenkozi, Hiroshi Tenzan, and Satoshi Kojima tagged together against Suzuki Gun, El Desperado, Takemichi Noka, and Yushinobu Kanemura. 9 minutes and 23 seconds. The intriguing part was Desperado submitting or being submitted by Master Wato's new finisher it was really quite shocking. Wato has come on leap bounds in the last 12 months he is a much more complete professional wrestler spending a lot of time with Kota Ibushi and Tenzan and Yuji Nagata and all of the people down at the dojo to try and round out his performances and as a result of that um, he's become much more watchable. He's become as my friend Ian said less likely that he's going to kill somebody and himself when he does high spots, and he's been rewarded with the push at El Desperado. I very much doubt he will upend Desperado for that particular championship after the big win against Takahashi. They're trying to do something with Desperado now. And so, yeah, that's really important. Wato versus Desperado, that could be really interesting. Uh, but uh, generally, a really good match. Kojima and Tenzan were absolutely on point. Michinoku and Kanemaru were plenty of fun as well. Um, but yeah, obviously, was going to be something a bit different and a thoroughly enjoyable match. That was fun. Um, next up was Les Ignorables de Japon. Uh, Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi, and Shingo Takaki. They defeated Suzuki Gun, Duki, Taichi, and Zack Sabre Juniors in 10 minutes and 28 seconds. Um, Duki losing out to Shingo Takagi, as you can probably imagine. Having <laughs> said that, again, this was fun. Both these matches, by the way, better than Evil versus Tomohiro Ishii from yesterday. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was to get Shingo back on a winning streak. Dookie was the unfortunate person who had to be the person that got pinned, but what can you do? Former World Heavyweight Champion. Though he gave Dookie quite a lot. You know, Dookie got a couple of very good two counts on him. And that was, uh, intriguing. Everyone seems to like Dookie, especially in the locker room. I think he's kind of popular because he's, he gets deserving things that, um, uh, people that work really hard should do, if that makes sense. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships was next. The opening match on the full card. Flying Tigers, Robbie Williams and Tiger Mask. Robbie Williams? That'd be intriguing. I'd like that tag team. Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask 
successfully defended their tag team titles against Bullet Club's cutest tag team, El Fantasma and Taiji Shimori, who were disqualified halfway through the match because Fantasmo had a loaded boot. It was finally discovered, finally uh, organised, and they took the boot off. And the mega coaches, Rocky Romero and Raisuki Taguchi, when Rocky uh, had to tap out to the Ron Miller special. Uh, kind of surprising that Eagles and Tiger Mask are still champions, to be honest with you. I kind of expected a more permanent team to be keep going, but they apparently want to do something with this. Uh, the mega coach is really upset. Raisuki Taguchi was really upset that they didn't win the tag team titles for the six, to become the 69th tag team champions. And Phantasmo and Ishimori kind of did their boring little thing until they were ousted, which I have no problem with because I really don't want to see them as champions again, so that was fine. Romero and Taguchi, though, um, intriguing is what's going to happen there. There was a bit of fallout. I wonder if Taguchi's going... I, don't, I can't see Taguchi turning heel, but... He did say he may consider retirement if he couldn't win the 69th tag to be the 69th tag team champion. It will be top comedy watching him go through as many patterns as he could possibly find to try and beat Robbie Eagles and Diger Mask until they eventually take the titles. Um, that was fun. I enjoyed it. Next up, which was even more fun, Saya Kamatina and Tam Nakano defeated Mei Witoani and Starlight Kids 9 minutes and 14 seconds in the stardom match. This was just a blast to watch four people who enjoy wrestling, wrestling. As opposed to a bunch of guys who were kind of going through the motions for most of this weekend. It was light years difference between everything else on this card. Not necessarily because it was better wrestling, though it was very, very crisp and very, very together and very, very tight and highly professional. That wasn't my point. But it was just watching people with joy in their hearts doing their job is... <laughs> Just make things like so much easier to deal with. So the guests on these cards, to be honest with you, were just brilliant. Whereas the people from the hometown team, not so much. So yeah, seven point three three. I think that's fair. Maybe ranked it a little bit higher. But it was good. It was really, really good, and did really highlight what Stardom women could do. And of course, it was on the main card. We will talk about attendance in a moment, but it was not good. Anywho, let's talk about the next match. The New Japan King of Pro Wrestling four-way match for the vacant King of Pro Wrestling 2022 was won by the King of Pro Wrestling, Minoru Suzuki. He defeated Chase Owen, Sima, and Toriyano in six minutes and eight seconds. Um, Suzuki has gone on to say, I'm going to make everyone's life a living hell, as he always does. And he's going to come with all sorts of bizarre rules for his matches to defend that title. Chase Owens going back home to the States for some time off. I don't know if he's coming back to New Japan or not, if he's just going back to the States. Seema and Toriano. Seema was outstanding in this match and was outstanding yesterday. And so hopefully they bring him back for something else. Yano was Yano. And it's sad not to see him win the title. But Minoru Suzuki is the third King of Pro Wrestling champion. After Toriano and Chase Owens. But yes, thoroughly enjoyable for what it was. Didn't really last long enough to cause offence. So there we go. Good God. <laughs> Evil Show and Yujiro Takahashi retained the never-openweight six-man championships, defeating Chaos, Hiroki Goto, Yo and Yoshihashi. <sighs> so all right for about three minutes, and then it just got far too long with the faffing about. Um, again, by far the worst match on this card. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, according to the the Great Pash heel match, said it was better. They reckon it was better than that. I'm not convinced myself. Wasn't very good. Um, as anything involving the house torture tends not to be. So there you go. 
can't really say an awful lot about this. I hope they get rid of that particular gimmick. But they seem to keep doubling down on things, so maybe not. I guess we'll see. Uh, what we next? Sonada versus Great Okan, 30 minutes and 21 seconds. Sonada takes the win. A little bit confusing, because they're trying to get um, United Empire on, as it was, and try and get them moving. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I like Great Okan's work an awful lot. And I like Sonada's work a, a little less. But this worked, for what it is. And I guess they're trying to re-establish Sonada as a singles wrestler. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, kind of like a result that kind of had to happen. Doesn't really do Okan any damage. But, you know, this is two Wrestle Kingdoms in a row where he hasn't got the win in a special singles match. But getting one at Wrestle Kingdom is enough, usually, to move you forward. So we'll see. Tessi, Nato, and Jeff Cobb, 15 minutes and 34 seconds. Um, it was alright. It was pretty good, actually. It wasn't great. But I think the issue is Nato can't really move these big guys around like he used to be able to. Not that he could really ever do it. You still have to bear in mind Nato is a junior heavyweight that's kind of outgrown his role. Whereas Cobb is a proper heavyweight, serious heavyweight, and he takes some shifting about. And I think that kind of... The narrative was great. Like the idea of Nato going after Cobb's knee, and he's been after Cobb's knee for the entire tour, and it kind of break him down over weeks, over weeks, over weeks. It's just classic New Japan storytelling. Tanahashi used to do it a lot as well. So, yeah... It was good. It wasn't tear the trees down good. Um, but yeah, it was good. I can't I can say. But again, it, it just kind of go into this narrative of people going through the motions rather than it being special. What was special, though, was Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kenta. Um, Kenta loses the title on his first events in 22 minutes and 40 seconds after an ungodly professional wrestling match, is all I can say. It was insane. I didn't think these two had it in them. I didn't think they would do that kind of things to each other. Kenta looked like a right mess because he got his nose broken from the final high fly flow. There was blood everywhere. You didn't expect it from either of these two. I don't think there was intended to be blood anywhere. Um, it was an accidental broken nose. Tanahashi uh, broke Kenta's nose with a bad landing on a high fly flow. But it is just unreal what these guys went to. And I thoroughly enjoyed it, I have to say. I've kind of a bit of, you know... Don't like them going, guys this age doing this, really. Although Chris Jarton did point out that, you know, Terry Funk was around about this age when he started doing death matches, and I'm like, eh, Hiroshi Tanahashi going to PJW and starting to use light tubes. Um, this was impactful in all the wrong ways. There's too much tables and chairs and guitars, and I, lots of concussion, concussion possibilities, which I'm not too keen on. Having said that, it was easily the best match on the card, and arguably the best match of the weekend. Akada versus Takagi aside. So, God bless them for what they did. Please don't do it again. <laughs> uh, a lot of people were disappointed with Kenta. Notably, uh, Lindsay's Bullet Club for Life, Lindsay, who hated it. Um, because Kenta had gone through hell and high water to get to that championship, and then it gets dropped on one defence. And Tanahashi's back with the belt again, which is fine, but I think he deserves some time with that one and just let him wrestle people for a change. But there we go. And then we get, of course, to Kazuchi Okada and Will Ospreay, which happened. Um, yes, it was a great match. Ospreay is still a pain in the ass, and I can't stand watching him wrestle. And I'm kind of sick of watching him wrestle. And I ain't watched him wrestle for eight months. <laughs> I'm sick of his voice. I'm sick of him as a human being. Generally, because again, he goes off at the weekend. 
and then blames it on his own mental health issues, which we talked about yesterday. And I'll be quiet about it because serious mental health is a serious health issues, and he does deserve to have his time with that. But then, don't tweet and don't attack people online because you can't have a thick enough skin to react to it correctly or ignore it or let it go away. Just don't do things that are going to cause you pain or um, problems and you know you have to take responsibility for yourself at some point intriguing post-match promo for Osprey where he said he wouldn't go to WWE um, which I don't think anyone was talking about to be honest with you and to be honest with you I don't think anybody wants him uh, otherwise he'd have been in AEW by now because you know he went on the the tour with um, Chris Jericho on the, the cruise and I don't think AEW like him enough to have him, because otherwise he wouldn't be working for MLW. And for some reason, he doesn't seem to want or get a spot on Impact Wrestling. So that's kind of stuffed him up there. It's only really Rev Pro and OTT who are getting ever-diminishing returns from him, because nobody wants to come see him wrestle live. So we'll see what happens with him. But Kazuchika Okada stands on top of the world once again, as the best wrestler in the world, as the head of the IWGP, well, male wrestler in the world, as the head of the IWGP, Heavyweight World's Heavyweight Championship. He has retired the version 4 belt. He is going to move forward with that belt, which is disappointing for a lot of fans, but it's a nice way of going about it than what they did before. <laughs> if they'd done it right the first time, they wouldn't have had half the problems. The belt's still as ugly as sin. I don't see people going, like, but it's beautiful. No, it's awful. It really is awful. And it isn't necessarily the fact that the old belt got rid of in such a shoddy manner. That's partly it, but it it's just not good. And that's kind of summed up this whole era of New Japan. It's just not good. The coolest part of this entire show, I thought, was Kenta showing up. But even then, and as Dylan Fox pointed out on Twitter earlier today, and I'll borrow what he said, there's the entirety of Noah. They've all buried the hatchet. Peros and Stinger and Congo and the regular army, and they're all stood there together, combined as a unit, shaking hands, coexisting, to show that they're the best of professional wrestling. And who turns up to answer their call? It's three blokes from LIJ who don't happen to be doing anything. There's no Tanahashi there, which, you know, fair enough, he's preparing for a match. But there's nobody there who's a big name. Like, can't this this there's Chingo, but that's it. And he's not a New Japan guy. There's a Roma who is a New Japan guy, but he doesn't speak. So there's three of them against an entire roster, and it just feels all kinds are wrong, and it feels like they've not bothered, and they've got that coming up on Saturday, which of course Noah are taking very, very seriously, and it doesn't feel like New Japan are. But that's that, and that is the end of the second night of Wrestle Kingdom. The next night of Wrestle Kingdom is on Saturday. I'm umming and ahhing whether or not I actually get it. I'm kind of caving on the idea of at least watching it and figuring it out. <laughs> I'm probably will have done by the end of the week. Um, but yeah... And so that lays to rest two days of Wrestle Kingdom. There was no New Year's Dash this year, which I'm really sad for. But like the second night of Wrestle Kingdom has kind of figured all the stuff out that's going to happen in the next three months anyway. But I kind of miss New Year's Dash, and I don't really want a second night of Wrestle Kingdom. It feels pointless. Only 6,000 turned up for today's show, which is half of what turned up yesterday. And 12,000, even with COVID restrictions, is not a good crowd for Wrestle Kingdom. You know, that's a 60,000-seater arena. They could have got 30,000 people in there. They didn't get anywhere near that. And this is back to early 2000s numbers, which kind of tells you 
the problem that they have with their home audience. They've done an awful lot to shore up their home audience, but a lot of busy people just don't want to go out. It's still not safe. They don't feel it's safe. And, you know, today it's fairly good to say that Osprey isn't a draw with the Japanese audience that people thought he perhaps was. It's certainly not a draw with the European audience that people thought he perhaps was. He doesn't get the right kind of heat and he doesn't draw big crowds anymore. So that's something that needs to be worked on for him. But as far as New Japan's concerned, it's a bit of a concern. But the bright future is Tetsuya Nato came out to challenge Okada and to try and put some spin on this 50th anniversary. And it is the two biggest names in the company. They will meet again somewhere down the line, I'm presuming, at New Beginnings or the 50th anniversary. And we shall see what happens from there. But in the meantime, that's me for This Is Today at Wrestle Kingdom. I'm James Troopin. You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find me, I'll find the show at uh, Troopany Show on Twitter. That's the channel, I should say. And you can find us on The Troopany Show on Facebook and Patreon, where you can keep The Troopany Show free forever for everyone. Have a great evening. I will probably be back on Saturday if I get a chance to watch it. Um, if not, we'll do it another time. Me and John are going to do a full breakdown of these matches and have talk about it on next week's Troopany show. Um, so you've got that to look forward to. Take care, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Mm -hmm.